So hello and welcome, and I'm your host, Konstantin Kogan, and we're here at Holistic Investments. And uh, today I have a special guest, uh, Brock Pierce, who is a presidential candidate in 2020, uh, who's been a founder of uh, USDT, one of the biggest also funds in the industry, one of the biggest uh, projects in the industry, and generally uh, there's an epicenter around Brock, uh, who's helping, like who's founding the Bitcoin Foundation and who's uh, always ready to help the community and uh, spread a word around the cryptocurrencies. So uh, really pleasure to have you here, Brock, today. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, just one correction. I, I was, not the, uh, was not the or a founder of the Bitcoin Foundation. I was elected to the, uh, to the board uh, to represent the, the industry members in 2014. And, uh, and then by the board was uh, uh, made chairman. And the, the, the job that I was given on behalf of the industry was to distribute the authority of the Bitcoin Foundation, the original organization that kind of took over for Satoshi. We handed the keys off to uh, MIT and, you know, we did what we could to support the emergence of other trade organizations, lobbyists and 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 we, for the most part, made the Bitcoin Foundation irrelevant, which was which was the job. Uh, distribute uh, uh, the authority, spread it around. Yeah. So the, the the official title was a director of the Bitcoin Foundation, right? Two thousand fourteen. Well, chairman. Chairman. Elected as chair director and then made chairman. Yeah. Got it. Thank you for for this correction. So. Um, I think uh, we're, we're just really quickly start with all the legal disclaimers. So this content is for informational purposes only and should not construe any such information or other materials, legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. And now we can talk a lot about uh, not only cryptocurrencies, but generally like what's happening uh, lately in the space in terms of uh, uh, states uh, adoption, right? You know, we've heard recently the, the news about the, Bitcoin except as, uh, as a legal tender in El Salvador. And I know you've been there with the delegation and you spoke to the president. Uh, you advise uh, the, the government there. So I would love to hear, I think this is the hottest news lately, and I would love to hear your opinion. What is, what is your take on this uh, legal tender uh, uh, as a first state is accepting as a legal tender? And what, do you foresee any next state that is issuing this news? Yeah, so we... Uh, did lead a delegation, uh, an official delegation to El Salvador. Uh, we were invited by the El Salvadorian ambassador to the United States. She came over to my house in Washington, D.C. and said, you know, yeah, we would love to, to bring, uh, love for a, a group of experts uh, to come down and, and understand what's going on here and help us roll this out. You know, it's a, it's a massive initiative. And so we were the first official visitors uh, on behalf of the El Salvadorian government since COVID. So mm -hmm. very interesting. This was the first official delegation to visit uh, El Salvador since COVID. So it was, it's kind of cool to, to, to ring that bell. But um, uh, what I'd say is, you know, you know I, I'm a trust but verify sort of person. And what I saw is that the, the president and his government, you know, this is the real deal. They care about you know, service. They recognize that technology is a, a tool for positive transformation. Uh, they got 70% of the population is unbanked. Mm -hmm. And so this is a tool that can deliver uh, immediate, uh, near immediate financial inclusion. They're giving $30 of Bitcoin to every citizen. 
And so uh, uh, really exciting uh, to see that. Uh, and keep in mind that El Salvador runs on the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have a, a central bank that can you know, create money. And so for them, there's not a lot of downside in, in adding Bitcoin, which they, they really view the, the currency, I think, as the, the, uh, the, the current account, the checking account, the, the medium of exchange. And Bitcoin really is the, the new savings account. And I think that that parallel structure is, is quite possibly what we're going to see re- replicated around the world. I think that this could kick off a chain reaction of many other nations following suit. You know, places like El Salvador, historically, you know, it hasn't worked for them. You know, there's not a period of time in recent history that where it's working for them. You know, they're ready for some real change and seeing what they've done with healthcare, what we mm-hmm. can do if we bring foreign direct investment to their volcanoes to create geothermal for Bitcoin mining operations, but also to provide abundant, cheap, clean energy to the people. I think there's a lot of incredible stuff we can do. I encourage you to take a trip down there. Uh, I think you're going to see an announcement soon of a a big event um, similar to maybe not as big as what was in Miami, but uh, uh, a very large event. uh, And I I encourage everyone to come down. We would love to see this as a success story. El Salvador, I believe, already has the highest Bitcoin adoption of any country in the world. And this is just the beginning of things rolling out. It is, it is going to be the, the first country in the world where Bitcoin adoption is you know, nearing 100%. And for those of you that care about Bitcoin, you know, let's, let's make this a success. They need our help. They need support. And so I'm in conversations with ambassadors and other heads of state with about 25, 30 other nations right now. And I can tell you there's a great deal of interest. But their following is really going to depend upon what happens in El Salvador. If El Salvador ends up being a, a, a disaster or a flop, you know, countries are going to think twice about it. If El Salvador is a success, you know, they're going to be rushing in. And just for those of you that don't speak Spanish, El Salvador, uh, the translation El means the, Salvador means savior. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in this instance, Satoshi might be the savior and it's starting in El Salvador. So come check it out. That's an amazing connotation. Yes. So thank you. I, I mean, it's the smallest nation in Central America, right? And it's the first to actually accept Bitcoin as a legal tender. So this is impressive. Their population is like six, six and a half million people. And uh, they're, as you mentioned, they're going to give away $30 to each adult in their country. I think that's already an impressive. It's like, you know, the concept, universal basic income concept, which is important. And I think um, we should support it. So probably I'll ask you like, uh, just to close this topic, like, what, what would you advise for people besides going there physically, people who probably have some restrictions uh, due to COVID, like, you know, in some countries. So uh, maybe some other ways you can, you can support the movement in El Salvador. Well, there's, there's a lot of things. So first, you know, find the thing that you're passionate about. Your purpose and your passion are often connected. So go do that thing that you enjoy, right? Um, you know, if you're trying to pick up social media followers, you know, maybe give $100 worth of Bitcoin, you know, to, you know, whoever does something in El Salvador, you know, create a game, uh, you know, spread the word, you know, they need support right now. You know, just our talking about this is helping. We're creating awareness. 
you know, perhaps there's a, a, a cause that you care about in El Salvador, you know, let them know that you'll, 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 you'll make a donation if you can send it to them in Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. If you're into surfing, take a trip down there and check out Bitcoin Beach. Um, if you have a product or service, you know, you know, that, that you think is relevant, you know, try and, you know, find some people to, to, to you know, roll out those Bitcoin ATMs, you know, wallet adoption. Again, media, media, media. Uh, uh, I mean, there's so many things that one can do. You know, try to do that thing that makes you feel best, right? That makes you yeah. feel good. And, and also start thinking about, because it's not just El Salvador, where else can we do something? Start thinking about this in the context of your home nation or maybe the nation of your ancestors or your family, mm -hmm. maybe not even the place in which you live because it's El Salvador is not alone. You know, a lot of Central and South America has similar challenges. A lot of the Caribbean has similar changes, challenges. A lot of Africa, a lot of Southeast Asia, even parts of Europe, you know, like this is, this is the moment, you know, this is the time and start thinking about what you can do, right? You know, we, we, the future is going to happen to us or it's going to happen with us. So let's get involved and go create a future that we all want to live in. And, um, you know, country by country. I like to think of us as the, the Bitcoin community is almost a nation without borders uh, 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 and, 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 and a nation without, without uh, uh, authority. Right? It's a kind of a decentralized nation, but there's hundreds of millions of us now. And we have maybe $2 trillion. We are a wealthy nation uh, and we're everywhere. Um, like the, the impact that we're going to be able to make in the world is, is, is uh, the sort of thing that can change it all for the better. Yeah. So, so have you heard maybe behind the curtains about some tax uh, benefits they're going to implement and maybe some other countries prefer? And I've heard that Paraguay is also preparing some of the bills to uh, potentially pass the the, uh, the legal tender uh, for voting, right? You know, some other countries, not only, as you mentioned, not only in Central Asia, maybe some uh, Middle Eastern countries and uh, countries in Africa. So uh, maybe you can reveal some secrets. Who do you consider, if you would bet, like who, who would you bet on like the next country to accept it? Well, um, there's only so much I can say, but um, <laughs> the, the stuff that's public right now, obviously, is you've got stuff going on in Paraguay. You've got uh, uh, interest in Panama, Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, Colombia, Nicaragua, Brazil. Like, I mean, it's, and, and those are just the ones that you can kind of look up yourself online. Um, there's a great deal of interest, and there are a number of nations that are, are, are going to follow suit as long as things are working. Um, now, uh, I was just in Monaco, and Monaco didn't, nor does it have a, a plan for Bitcoin to be legal tender, but I said it should be. I mean, you're, you're Monaco. Just think about all those uh, 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 you know, big Chinese whales and gamblers that'll come over and fill your casinos and you know, Monaco historically kind of having been a place of this nature and what, and, and the fact that it's a monarchy allows them to act quickly. You know, it's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's just something, you know, that, uh, uh, I hope that Prince Albert, uh, you know, does quickly because why not? Um, uh, it's, uh, you, you're, you're part of the European union. You don't print your own money. Again, I think nations that don't have central banks and don't create their own money are going to be the ones that go first because mm -hmm. Why not? There's not really, you know, any argument 
that I can think of that's compelling not to. You know, you're creating a, uh, a financially inclusive savings account effectively to empower your people to buy and hold on to a, a, a deflationary asset that appreciates in value over time in countries that historically are normally financially unstable. Um, you know, it, it seems like a pretty good idea to me. So, so we can switch to other part of the world, which is U.S., which is your, <laughs> yeah, where, where you also like incredibly active. And again, you were, uh, for someone who is uh, were under the rock and don't know your <laughs> latest career moves, I would say that you were the presidential candidate in 2020. It was a successful campaign and uh, there was a lot of buzz around it. Like, and, you know, people like Andrew Yang, who's also like right now running for mayor in New York, like also supporting a lot, a lot of programs, people like, uh, the mayor of Miami also supports incredible amount of programs and they're open-minded. And maybe we can talk a little bit about what's happening, like uh, the latest news in New York and Miami. Yeah, so Miami, obviously great things happening there. Um, I, I know all three mayors of Miami. Um, and I've got a very good relationship with Mayor Suarez. You know, we've done Fox News and interviews together and a whole host of stuff and you know, see each other almost every trip to Miami. You know, he's the real deal. You know, as an elected official, it's, it's amazing, uh, uh, you know, the, the boldness. Remember, fortune favors the bold. You know, the, the future, right, belongs to those that have the courage to go do these sorts of things. And so um, uh, a big fan of everything going on there. Uh, and uh, the, obviously the biggest conference, like, maybe in the world this year happened uh, BTC uh, 2021. Thank you, David Bailey and, and BTC Media or Bitcoin Magazine for, for organizing that because, you know, so many of us have been like trapped in our houses for so long. You know, it's good to see the, uh, the circuit or as I like to think the circus back on. <laughs> and so um, yeah. uh, that was great. Uh, New York City, uh, Andrew Yang uh, dropped out of the race. Um, uh, he, he was going to end up in fourth place. And so on election night, which was just a couple of weeks ago, he dropped out. I'm a fan of Andrew Yang's though. Uh, I, I love a lot of his, uh, we share a, a number of, uh, of views around things like universal basic income, obviously Bitcoin and otherwise. Um, I, I really hope that he runs for Congress. You know, I think that he, you know, with his, you know, ideas and his ability to communicate and the, the platform that he has with the media, I think that he'd be very effective, you know, in Congress. You know, kind of like an AOC, but uh, uh, pushing, you know, these ideas that I hope and I think many of us share. Um, the guy that did win the election is my, my good friend, uh, my good friend, Eric Adams. So remember, he hasn't won the, the election yet. He won the Democratic primaries. Yeah. But in New York City, that is basically the election. I'm also friends with the Republican that won the primary, Curtis, uh, the founder of the Guardian Angels. So uh, both candidates are, are friends of mine. Uh, 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 the Republican candidate endorsed me for president now and kind of in the future um, during the presidential run. And so, and Eric Adams the, on election night said that, you know, he's going to make New York City the Bitcoin capital of the United States. You know, Miami love what you're doing, but New York is, New York is going to, you know, is back. Uh, and when he takes office, and I'm pretty sure you can guess where that all came from. Uh, uh, and so uh, uh, good things happening in New York. Um, I'm really excited about this. And it's not just those places as well. Wyoming, you know, Wyoming has passed, you know, you know, near 20 laws 
in in favor of technology and recognizing that it is a tool for positive transformation. And as you know, the world is changing. You know, the the the, the fossil fuel revenues that they've relied upon are 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 in decline, and they have to find new industries. And this clearly is a is a very good one, certainly for a a liberty uh, leaning uh, state like Wyoming. And it's not just there because of Wyoming's leadership, right? Because of Mayor Suarez, because of soon to be Eric Adams, we're seeing South Dakota, North Dakota, Idaho, Utah, Alaska, Texas. Um, uh, I mean, the list goes on. There are state legislators in, you know, about a third of the states right now that are like, we wish to be a part of this in the same way that there's, you know, dozens of nations saying we want to be a part of this. Um, and I think we're not far away from that being a majority of the states and a majority of the nations. Um, so really exciting times. It's kind of like back in the early days, it started with academia acknowledging our existence, right? Mm -hmm. Then it became kind of venture capitalists acknowledging our existence. Then it became big tech acknowledging our, you know, financial players. And, you know, kind of the last shoe to drop is the world's governments and it's happening. You know, I mean, that is, we've effectively, you know, all of the major industries that are relevant to us and the work that we're doing, you know, are like, all right, this is the real deal. Now, some people, uh, some of the establishment, you know, wants to uh, protect the status quo, but you can't stop change. Change is inevitable. It's like a wave. You know, you can either pull out your surfboard and get ready to ride it and be the beneficiary of it, you know, or, get, or be prepared to get pummeled by it. Um, and so uh, uh, we're ultimately all in this together. And, you know, I'm really glad to see so many of our elected officials and civil servants around the world, you know, choosing to embrace the future. Uh, really excited. So, you know, that, that's definitely exciting. Right? And I look at what, what's happening. It's actually reassuring. And uh, uh, maybe also we can talk uh, in a few words about Puerto Rico, which is, again, you're uh, where you uh, invest a lot, you're not only uh, money, but your, your hearts and your efforts to make sure that people in Puerto Rico actually, uh, you know, adopt uh, not only digital payments or cryptocurrencies, but generally like, you know, change lives there. I know there you participated in a lot of charity organizations. So maybe you can share some latest news, what is happening in Puerto Rico. Over a thousand, you know, of us in the industry have moved Puerto Rico. That's a lot of intellectual capital, a lot of social capital, a lot of financial capital you know, that can facilitate big positive change. Sadly, we haven't been able to accomplish much from a legislative perspective, which is slowed down the, the job creation and the, the integration of the, the products and services. And that's because, um, the first governor, Ricky Rosseo, there was these protests that they called the Telegram Gate, which he was on board, but that then paused everything. Then you had another governor in place and then another election. And so we've, we've had political hurdles that mm -hmm. have uh, uh, prevented that uh, so far, but the, 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 the potential is all there. What has happened, to highlight the positive thing locally, is there are a lot of young people that you know started buying cryptocurrency so there's a lot of um 
people that have invested in cryptocurrency in Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans that have been, you know, big winners financially, you know, as a result of this. Though with all of the, the, the brain trust that's there, the things that could happen in Puerto Rico could happen really, really quickly. So I'd say all, all of uh, uh, the, the groundwork is laid. Now it's just a matter, you know, like for, you know, the word go. And I've got a very good relationship with the Puerto Rican government. I'm very active philanthropically, very active in investing in innovation, uh, very active in uh, uh, looking at infrastructure, um, identifying all the issues in Puerto Rico that can be addressed, food security, agrotech. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm active in every thing I possibly can do that I think is going to make a material impact in Puerto Rico. Got it. So maybe we can switch gears. To- and I'd say, come, come visit, you know, come <laughs> visit, come check it out. I, I encourage you and reach out to me on Twitter or wherever and let me know if you're coming down. And I look forward to uh, connecting with everyone. Yeah, Puerto Rico is a huge crypto hub for someone who, who, who doesn't know, like there's uh, like a lot of my friends, a lot of the big projects move there, like, you know, C-level executives. So intellectually, there is like a, an incredible uh, collective wisdom right now, which helps to foster the, the, the you know, the development of our entire community. Yeah, just, I, I, it, it's the biggest brain trust I'm aware of in the world. There, it's not in, the, in, in, in terms of the, the developers and the masses. But in terms of the C-level people and the, uh, and the founders, there are more high-level um, crypto people and executives in Puerto Rico than anywhere in the world that I'm aware of. Uh, I mean, more than New York City or San Francisco, as far as I can tell. So maybe we can also talk a little bit about, like, so you, you know, like again, people forget that besides, like, uh, besides all of your other achievements, you know, which is hard to even, like, you know, Enumerate, uh, but you, you're also you're a co-founder of USDT, which is by far the world's largest stablecoin, and it recently marked like the passes like fifty billion dollar market cap, you know, and you know more banks like adopt USDT, uh, like a lot of governments are talking about like you know creating their own stablecoin. Obviously, we saw a huge battle in China right now uh, that is happening, like basically banning like you know Binance, banning miners there, and uh, um, you know, promoting their digital UI. So what would you say, how would that impact, uh, the, you know, the global arena? Like what's going to happen in the future in terms of the, the I, I would say p- some people are putting like Bitcoin and stable coins as almost like rivals, which I don't actually think that they, they are mutually exclusive. So I want to hear your stance on this. In 2013, before there were stable coins, you have to remember what it was like. If you had your money in one exchange and you wanted to send it to another exchange, you could do that with Bitcoin, but you couldn't do that with U.S. dollars. To do that at the time, you had to withdraw your dollars to your bank account, rewire it, and it would be a week or two process. Also, and that's for a lot of people that are traders, if you want to go short, long, you know, there's a lot of utility there. And also keep in mind, there weren't that many Bitcoin users back then. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the idea of Bitcoin being used for money remittance and financial inclusion and these sorts of things. But the reality is most of the world wanted U.S. dollars. And so I would present to a lot of people, I said, hey, you know, what if, what if we use 
Bitcoin's technology to move U.S. dollars around. You know, it's a great way to introduce. And in their USD wallet, they'll be able to see Bitcoin as an option. It'll be great for trading. I think that this is like a thing that could unlock tremendous value within our ecosystem. And everyone thought it was a horrible idea. Everyone's like, why? We don't like fiat. Why would we want dollars? I'm like, well, beer, but it doesn't. And, and everyone's like, I don't get it. Bad idea, Brock. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy doing things, you know, whether you agree or not. And so we went ahead and we started Tether, uh, Reeve Collins, Craig Sellers, uh, uh, Phil Potter, Giancarlo. Uh, uh, it was about eight, eight or nine of us um, were the, uh, 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 the principal steward, um, William Quigley, John Yantis. It was basically two groups. It was me and my partners and the Bitfinex team. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we went ahead and built Tether and we launched it. And wow. Uh, kind of uh, uh, extraordinary how big it's become. You know, $150 billion a day in trading volume, $60 trillion a year. It's the most traded cryptocurrency by far. And governments around the world, like you said, like China, looked at what we've done and said, we're going to create the Chinese digital yuan utilizing this concept designed the way we want it. Uh, they want it, that is. And, uh, and, and we think that we can rival uh, and challenge the U.S. dollar's reserve status in the world with this. I mean, this is geopolitically uh, uh, a more immediate challenge to the world than Bitcoin is, right? Yeah. This is kind of like the, 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 the current main event. Um, and I certainly don't um, uh, think that Stable coins are bad for Bitcoin. I believe the opposite. I believe that stable coins and Tether in particular is what drove liquidity and adoption and all sorts of things. I, mm -hmm. I think that you know Bitcoin would probably be $3,000 today if it weren't for stable coins. Um, I think it's unlocked. You know, it, it, it's 10x the industry uh, and, and its current potential. And I also think that there's, the room, there's a role for both. You know, I, I, like El Salvador. I think that, you know, our, our, our central banks and, and, and these things are like our checking accounts. These are our current accounts for the foreseeable future. That's how we're still going to buy things. And, you know, Bitcoin is really replacing the, the traditional savings account. And that combined with things like DeFi, you know, are really going to accelerate, you know, the migration away from a bank as a savings account into an open banking system. You know, where you got your Bitcoin and you got your DeFi and what a wonderful thing. We're going to create ubiquitous financial inclusion in the world. There's four to four and a half billion people that have that are on or underbanked. You know, we're going to address that problem. You know, the idea that we'll be able to give out micro loans to people, uh, uh, you know, because that's not profitable for banks. Amazing. We'll be able to lift a billion people out of poverty relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it's great. Um, and uh, yeah, no, Tether's, Tether's been interesting. Also, Mastercoin was another cool project we, we did where we invented the ICO. Uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's obviously been a cool one. Blockchain Capital, really exciting. We uh, started the first you know, sort of venture fund in space. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer uh, uh, running or a partner in the, in the fund uh, day to day. Uh, I stopped in the middle of our third fund, but they just closed their fifth fund. Mm -hmm. uh, 300 million, $300 million fund led by uh, Visa and PayPal. The first time PayPal has ever been an LP in a fund, you know, so my old firm is where they basically, you know, uh, are figuring out what they're going to do, which is great. 
spend. And it looks like uh, blockchain capital will be uh, a top three most successful fund of all time, you know, having been, you know, big investors in Coinbase and Kraken and BitGo and other, you know, everything you can kind of think of, obviously, that, that, that's doing very well. The stable coins at Blockchain Capital, we also invented the security token uh, yeah. with BCAP. I'm also a founding advisor and investor in T0. Uh, uh, and, you know, through that became Spice and out of that then became Securitized. Yes. So basically, if someone doesn't know, that's the first tokenized uh, uh, fund in the world, actually, right? So I really only want the jobs that no one else is willing or able to do, which is why you'll see I'm typically involved in the pioneering of new concepts. Um, and I'm more like a doula for creation. I'm there and, you know, help with the um, inception, the birth. And then I normally run off to go focus on the next issue. And then I come back a couple of years later to see how things are going. And sometimes some tweaking, sometimes like, oh God, what have you done? And there were definitely with Tether, there were some of those moments where I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> but, um, you know, whenever you're doing something really, really big and really, really well, you know, haters get the hate. And so it For just, sure. it's part of the process. If people are throwing stones at you and, 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 and a lot of times that's actually an affirmation that you're doing something right. Um, but every time always then take a step back and look at yourself and evaluate, am I doing it right? You know, what can I do better? And, um, but just understand when you're doing things well, you're going to get a lot, uh, you're going to get a lot of flack from people. It's just, it's, it's, it's part of the process. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and as, as, as we can mention openly, as you, you touch this topic, like with ES for a foundation, like, I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar like raise. And yes, there were some bumps along the way and there were some challenges, but it's still like, it, it proves, like it shows exactly how, you know, like you, Daniel Larimer, and some other like, you know, team members, like, you know, I actually made it happen. Like they, the, the rest is history, right? Now, uh, uh, now there, there, there can be people who don't like EOS. There are people who are using it, and but it happened, right? And and a lot of your projects, like you know, is what I see. You're 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 first in in, in in anything you do, so which is impressive, like that you. So I was very excited about uh, this interview. So I want to also ask you, like, what is on your radar right now? Uh, so. Any other like groundbreaking technologies or any other projects that you're looking at right now? And maybe you can give us some, um, some insights. Yeah, so I'm very involved with media right now. I, I started my life in the entertainment business as a child actor, but I'm very involved in media, you know, because I'm very concerned by some of what we've seen uh, around censorship, freedom of speech in America, the First Amendment. First Amendment isn't the first. I mean, it's not the third or the fifth. It's the first for a reason. Our voice, you know, our ability to speak uh, is, is so fundamental to liberty, to freedom, to sovereignty that uh, uh, I'm engaged in, in, in media. And then media also as a medium uh, to deliver messages. And so from the entertainment to the, to the news um, and, and, and how we interact and how we share information, think social. Got a lot of stuff going on in that area. Very active in the, you know, call it the, the metaverse. And as the metaverse is being born, all of that sort of stuff and you know, a bunch of different things. Like if I went through all the projects, remember I have like 200 companies or projects I'm involved in. Uh, I'm, I, I spin a lot of plates. Uh, and ultimately because I'm not 
you know, the CEO. And, 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 and most of the time, I'm often the man behind the curtain. You know, I'm like, I'm not seeking any credit. Uh, you know, if you know, you know. And if you don't, like, I'm not here to convince you. <laughs> um, I'm here to help you. I think that's kind of my modus operandi or my, my MO. And, and, and politics, obviously, is core to, to what I'm doing. How do we, uh, uh, how do we avoid a, a revolutionary event? And how do we make this as much as possible an evolutionary event? You know, all for one and all for all. How do we make this a, a scenario where the old and the win can, you know, the old and the new can win together? You know, it's, it's human nature to fear that which you don't understand. Like, that's normal. And how do you conquer fear? You conquer fear with knowledge. And so I try to spend a lot of time with, you know, our incumbent institutions, you know, and important people because they can be won over. It just takes someone that can help them understand, right? You just got to help them see the light. And so, you know, I do a lot of that work and have for a very long time in, in this space. Um, uh, again, DeFi is super interesting, just the, the back to that open banking system. Uh, now these are the, the, the main things in the industry that I'm, I'm focused on, the metaverse, you know, which is, you know, NFTs are connected to that, but it's much bigger than, than NFTs. You know, the, 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 the metaverse and, and all that that entails. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm in banking. Remember, I've started three banks. Um, and so there's some banking stuff uh, that's there. Uh, and then we, it's like, it's, when you yeah, mentioned that you started three banks, maybe you can elaborate a little bit, like, you know, because we're, we're talking about digital banks, right? So, yeah. So in 2013, like, risk for the industry. And that is that almost no big states could get open up a bank account. Yeah. Silicon Valley Bank banked Coinbase at the time. Zappo at the time had proper banking. Now, everyone else that was operating was like opening up a bank and you know using their personal bank account to make transfers or not telling the bank exactly what they were doing, which under U.S. law is a felony. It's considered wire fraud. Now they didn't know that. You know they were. You know, just kind of being naive and being entrepreneurial and like, just make it work. But I recognize this and I'm like, oh God, like they can come arrest, you know, almost everyone working in the industry right now, yeah. um, you know, that's running a business in the space. I'm like, well, if the banks don't want to bank us, not because they weren't threatened by us, it's that we didn't have enough money to matter. And we represented a lot of risk you know, from a compliance perspective. So why would they want to bank us? Like there's no upside and a lot of downside basically. Um, and so I'm like, well, if they don't want to bank us, I guess I better go figure out how to get into the banking business. And that's a club that you don't just easily enter, right? You know, the banking right. cabal is like, it's not like there's just open seats. And so I, I went and started work. I had a friend of mine at Hulahan Loki, uh, uh, helped me start looking for distressed banks. And so I was looking for, uh, state chartered banks, federally chartered banks, credit union co-ops, trying to understand how it all works. And this is ultimately what led me to Puerto Rico for my second time in my life. Eventually, I'm like, there's got to be a, there's got to be a back door into the U.S. banking system. I'm like, what about the territories, Guam, Samoa, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico? And so I got a hold of someone in Puerto Rico, and I found out under this rule of Act 273, you can create what's called an IFE or an international financial entity, which effectively allows you to do everything that a bank can do without being a bank and without FDIC oversight. And so I talked to someone, found out, I'm like, has anyone done this before? The guy's like, nope. I said, I'm on a plane. And so we set up the first crypto bank in the world in 2014. 
in Puerto Rico called Noble Bank. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've been involved in the creation of a couple of others. Uh, the one you can go check out now uh, uh, is Medici, like the, yeah. uh, the old Medici family from Italy. Uh, and so you can go to Medici.bank. And so my friend Prince Lorenzo de Medici brought him in because, you know, the, the, the Medici family started the, the first bank. I, I figured as a storyteller, we should bring them back to start the last bank <laughs> and, and kick off the digital renaissance. Um, and so as, as I think you can tell, I also have fun with story. I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> so I no, enjoy no, uh, 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 that, 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 that aspect of all of this as well. No, this is incredible. And, uh, yeah, the, and this is why I'm excited to go with the flow with the story. Like, you know, like for a lot of folks, I just prepare like every question with you. It's just impossible to, you know, collect all your achievements into one. So like, you know, we're trying to just uh, uh, unwrap it like slowly. And um, so you, you also have several, you, you've invested in several funds, but you also run several investment firms, right? So so maybe you can say a few words about your investment approach, you know, like what if there's some people who are now like projects who are excited to to pitch you their project? Like, so what what they should be talking about to, to get your attention? Remember, I'm making money is not my objective. Like, you know, if someone like is, is pitching me on a, a, a way to make a bunch of money that doesn't work with me um i i don't even like consider any of my money you know my crypto my whatever to really be mine right i'm in possession of it but i can't take it with me i view myself as just a steward or a custodian of it you see i i view money as a form of stored energy and it's just what what, what consensus is forming around which thing do we sh our shared belief system is it bitcoin is it dollars is it whatever is it gold I just view it as a form of stored energy and energy wants to flow like water. It's a current, see? And we're just meant to be good conductors of it, you know, to, to, to keep things flowing. And so from my perspective, it's all about purpose. Like what is your intention? What is your mission? What are you hoping to accomplish? And, uh, you know, if, if you're not like trying to do something that's never been done before, then it's probably not interesting to me. You know, I'm interested in the hard jobs. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not interested in being the fast follower. You know, some, I mean, there are some exceptions to every rule, but, you know, I'm not trying to like go do something, you know, maybe if it's being in a new country that it hasn't been done before, you want to go do something in El Salvador right now. That's interesting to me. Right. You know, am I willing to invest in seeing this experiment in El Salvador be successful? Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm interested in, in, in impact. You know, I measure my success in life not by what I have, but by the positive impact I have in the world. And so I'm a little different than your typical, um, you know, investor. I'm, you know, all purpose and mission. And, uh, you know, outside of our space, I'm interested in, in the things that are going to change the world. I'm interested in space projects. I'm interested in healthcare. I'm interested in, in technology as a tool for positive transformation. And I'm also interested in developing skills. You know, so if you're, you know, if there's some really interesting like thing, you know, I might be interested in, in, in working with you really just, you know, I'm paying tuition to learn, to, to, to expand my, my understanding of things. And so that's what, what motivates me. Uh, and, and it's ultimately people. Uh, life is too short. I only invest and work with people I want to hang out with. Uh, that makes again, sense. I'm, 
So you're, you're, you already built your own tribe, you know, and uh, I, I know that that's why also Puerto Rico, I mean, they're, they're, I, I would say it's revolving around like also like the fact that you are there, a lot of other brilliant people are there, like, and it attracts more brilliant people. Like this is like you created this energy there that attracts um, this uh, uh, smart capital, but not just into just not money, but it's also like just people who are willing to share knowledge, right, and educate others, right? So that's why. Um, that's why I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's a mission-driven projects, right? And it's something that will truly deem to change the world. That is, I, is if I understood it correctly, what excites you at the moment, right? Um, so I, I, I know that, you know, you're, you're right now in the middle of a lot of things as always, right? So uh, I want to ask you also uh, two uh, questions, you know, like the, it's one thing like, you know, if you... If you right now, like at this moment where you are, like if you were to define what is your purpose in life and what actually drives you, how would you describe it? Yeah, so where I'm at in that process, you know, it's, it's change, you know, and through that process of saving the world, um, you know, I'm not alone. Teamwork makes this collective dream work, but we truly do live through a period of time where we are facing very real existential threats, you know, uh, environmentally, economically, politically, geopolitically, racially, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it, these are very challenging times, but remember every challenge is also an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I choose to do everything I possibly can with the time and the resources I've been given and the skills uh, uh, to do as much as I possibly can. You know, I believe that you know, this is not an accurate number. This is just a, a number. The, you know, the odds of being embodied, the odds of being born is probably one in 600 billion. You know, by, by impossible odds, we're here. And thank you to all of our ancestors. Wow. You know, to, to, to be able to continually through this, this miracle of life, uh, 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 create a scenario by which I'm present. And, you know, not here to judge the past either. You know, it's through, the, 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 through this history, they've been stepping stones. You know, and the question is to learn from it and recognize what mistakes, you know, not to make. You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And so the more we can look back, the better we can see forward. And, um, you know, I'm just here to do everything I possibly can in service till my last breath or, or until it's done. Yeah, and that's, uh, I'm into that, right? <laughs> so in, in terms of the last question, I would say, like, what, what is the, the, the trend? If you would leave us, like, you know, obviously, I'm not going to ask you the price prediction. Like, I'm, but what, what a, like, as a visionary, what trend do you foresee for the, let's say, this year and maybe, like, you know, the, the next year that will be important to watch? Well, I mean, again, if you're, if you're not playing around with the DeFi, 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 I mean, the idea that our industry is now able to produce yield mm -hmm. at a time where we're looking at negative or sub 1% interest rates. This is what's going to drive adoption. Everybody's looking for yield. Yeah, DeFi is such a game changer for the industry, you know, but again, be careful, you know, custodian, non-custodian, not your keys, not your coin, you know, I mean, you know, be, do your, I, I've never encouraged anyone to invest in anything. I only encourage you to invest in yourself. Yeah, to play around with a small amount of money to learn so that you can make informed decisions for yourself. And so, uh, uh, I mean, I think that's, that's really the thing that for anyone into crypto, if you haven't taken the time to learn, like, 
like go clear your calendar and, and, and go figure this out because it's also producing the income where you can, you know, potentially live off of your Bitcoin without having to sell any of your Bitcoin, you know, depending upon your circumstances. The last year and a half for a lot of people have been very, very difficult. You know, for some of us, it's been very good, but uh, for the most part, it's been very hard. Um, uh, you know, the NFT space is really interesting as well. You know, not, not, not so much as an investment, but you know, back to like the Medici family. When you're blessed with abundance, one of the things that we do typically as, you know, in the process when you're, when you're blessed with the abundance of the arts, you know, this is art and culture. Without art and culture, we're lost as a society, you know, as a civil. And so one of the things that happens when you come into wealth is you, you normally, you know, become a patron of the arts. And, you know, as modern, you know, Renaissance men, right, uh, 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 that, that use technology as a tool for transformation, you know, there's really amazing stuff that's happening in our space. And, you know, I, I encourage all of us to be supporters of it, right? Uh, uh, you know, assume you're going to lose all your money, um, but hopefully... You, you've bought something that, you know, you, you've supported the arts, you've supported a creative person uh, that typically does not have abundance. They typically live in a place of scarcity. And, uh, you know, you have the ability to, to support that. Um, now, you know, that's, that's, that message is going to resonate with less people. Um, but uh, perhaps over time, uh, that, that message will be more profound. Uh, you know, and uh, and uh, the, the other thing, too, is, you know, we, one of the things we've learned through the, this pandemic is, you know, that we can work from anywhere. So I, I encourage you to, you know, to think about where you are and are you where you want to be? Are you exactly where you want to be? If not, you're free. You know? Go live your best life. You know, you're allowed. <laughs> Yeah, and I really appreciate. It. I think it's an it's a it's a really important message that you're sending, and uh, with your own example, you set this example to to that you know being digital nomad. It's uh, it's it's already a norm right now. Like you know where we're locked and people were working from home before was something outstanding. Now I look where I where I live right now in New York. Right, I, I I've seen a huge exodus. Like where people will uh, move to Puerto Rico, to Texas, to Miami, to other places in the world, explore the world, and they work from home, and, and now. It is accepted and is why uh, largely accepted in big corporations even like they more of they encourage people to do that. So I think, yeah, this, this is definitely a new trend. And I think people who will invest their free time that they would otherwise spend on, on traveling, right? One or two hours to learn about DeFi and NFTs and other digital transformations. That would be uh, impressive. And um, yeah, I encourage them to follow follow your story and uh, also I will share all the link, all your social media links to, to make sure people will learn about your incredible um, achievements so far and I, for some reason I have uh, confidence that uh, in the coming years you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna deliver more incredible things and that's what I'm wishing you sincerely Brock I really um, uh, appreciate uh, the uh, you know the courage i really appreciate the zeal i appreciate your example and i hope uh, i hope that you know more and more people like you will appear in our space and uh, uh you know just accelerate the digital transformation thank you so much thank you so much so good to see you